Hey everyone, welcome to the final episode of the series of At The Table. I thought he was about to say the final episode ever. I was <laughs> like, wow, what a way to... Can you imagine? That would be a, such what, a, like, yeah, what way to announce spoiler, it? Spoiler, like... So here we are, the last episode of the season. I feel like it's taken us a long while to get here, but that's because of things like lockdowns and recording problems. And um, I think we've taken a week off here along the way for various reasons. But here we are. We've looked at um, stories from the Old Testament and the New Testament. We've looked at Noah's Ark. God, that feels like a long time ago. Doesn't it? And we watched the film together, us four, didn't we? Oh, we did. God, um, back in the days when we could go in each other's houses. Yeah. So, like... It seems like a very long time ago. So yeah. middle 2020. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have we looked at? I mean, we did Feeding the 5,000 last week. We've done um, Jonah. Keep going. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, Daniel. Dan- we've done Daniel. We've done Joseph. Joseph. Should remember that one. Um, yeah, but here we are. This week, we're going to be looking at Lazarus. But before we do, how's everyone's week been? John, I know you had a bit of a week um, with... Because uh, our listeners probably won't realise this, but last week we had a bit of a mare with the old recording. <laughs> um, turns out it hadn't recorded properly and we had a massive panic. But John's done a great job of uh, working around it and I think it doesn't really show, but have you managed to calm down since then? No, no. I've still got the sound yes. of like the crackly uh, recording going from my head. I wake up in the middle of the night just hearing like <laughs> echoing. And... <laughs> flashbacks. Yeah, all the flashbacks are there and stuff. But, you know, that's life. That is all right. It's okay. Now, it's been a good week. How's your week been? Yeah, I think we've had quite a good week, haven't we? We've... Yeah, it's just... Uh, life at the moment, isn't it? Every day is a bit the same, but yeah. yeah. Beth, you're looking very festive. Thanks. I thought I'd get my festive jumper out. Yeah, nice and red. Yeah, bright red. It looks quite cozy from here, but that's via Zoom. No, it is. It is really could nice. be made out of cardboard for all I know. <laughs> no, it is really nice and cozy. It's, it's like very a, soft. What what material would you describe it as? No, it's not like velvet. It's is a bit it? like you know, like cushion, <laughs> velvet yeah, cushion. Cushion. It's like. I can picture it now. It's like that. I was going to say fleecy, but it's not even like fleece. A little bit like that, yeah. It's nice, though. It is nice. Very festive. So, we are looking at Lazarus. Mm -hmm. Just before we started recording, we uh, had a little look at the uh, Bible passage and realised it's 44 verses long. (laughs) It's a bit. So, we're going to divide that up. So, uh, Lucy, do you want to start us? Where Mm. are you reading from? John 11. And I'm doing the first little section, which is verse 1 to 16. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, 
A short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Wow. I have so many questions with this passage, it's insane. Yeah, I'm confused already. Did I really remember this from Sunday school? I remember, like, the obviously the... Uh, is it Lazarus with the smallest verse, like, the Jesus wept? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember, like, that bit. Spoiler. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but... That's true, though. We didn't talk about what we remember. Um, and I... I feel like I don't remember too much no. of this whole story. So it's quite interesting Just the it. kind of basic facts. Yeah, I don't remember any of this, like, backstory. No. But it's quite interesting. So one of the things I've got down is, why has only John recorded this? So this is only recorded in the Gospel of John, and you think that the other disciples is quite a big, quite an important story. Mm. <laughs> it's quite an yeah. important... It's one of the, you know, most probably, bar his own resurrection, it's probably the biggest miracle performed in Jesus's human life when he was existing on earth. Yeah, only John records it. Feels very personal to me though, um, so far. Mm. And I feel like it's almost um, a reversal because some of these episodes we've said how Jesus talks so mysteriously. And yet here it's like he can't speak plainly enough for them. He's like, no, I'm I'm literally meaning death. Mm. Like, that's what I'm saying. I know, I love that bit. Um, which I think is quite interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was trying to be cryptic though, wasn't he? Mm. He said, Lazarus is asleep. Yeah. He's like, no, I meant dead. Yeah, Jesus doesn't do <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like... Him. Yeah, but I feel like we say that, don't we? We're like, oh yeah, gone to sleep. And you kind of think, yeah, people know what I mean, but it's almost like he has to really spell it out to them this time. Mm. It's like, no, I'm, I mean it. I always wondered if he said, he, if he said sleeping because it's not permanent because he's going to resurrect yeah. Lazarus if he says asleep because he's like, because then he's going to be alive again. So he uses that as his own like, and then he's like, oh, you don't understand me. But oh, when you read mm. that, Belusi, and he was like, Jesus had been speaking of death, but his disciples had meant natural sleep. And he said, Lazarus is dead. It made me like chuckle because I could not hear it. Like yeah. Jesus is like, oh, you haven't understood me. Lazarus is dead. Yeah. It's like, guys, yeah. let's just get straight to the point. Right. He like tries to speak all cryptic and then he's like, I'm just going to have to lay it out, <laughs> out yeah. for you. Yeah. He's trying to be really like elegant with like, yeah, he went to sleep permanently. Yeah. And like, no, he's, he's going to wake up. So No, he's, he's, no he, you don't get it. Poor Thomas is just trying to help. He says, no, if he stays asleep, he'll get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, let him sleep it off. Have a green tea. He'll be all right. <laughs> chicken noodle soup. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is probably like, oh, God, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, have to work, I have to work with this guy. <laughs> what other questions did you have, though, Lucy? Well, the very last sentence. 
Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Yeah, that's a bit of a weird thing do, to say. I mean, do they even know Lazarus? Why are they wanting to die with yeah, him? Yeah, I don't quite get that. Why, are no. they saying they actually want to die? So, they're not talking about Lazarus, I think. I think they're talking about Jesus. Because if they go to... I mean, I could be reading this wrong. I read it as they're saying they want to go... Because if they go to Judea, Jesus could... He might die. And if we go, we'll die with him because there could be trouble. Because in Judea. Oh, okay. I think that's I what see. that's about. But So the him that they're referring to is Jesus, not Lazarus. Yes. Interesting. And also, some added okay. context, which I love this little fact. So, it's, you know, it says Thomas, also known as Didymus. So, mm-hmm. in... Greek times, people always had two names. You had your Hebrew name, so Thomas's Hebrew name is Thomas, and that is, you will mainly be known by that in your inner circle, like your really tight circle, and then you'd have a Greek name, and his Thomas's Greek name is Didymus. Didymus in Greek means twin, and in other versions, he is known as Thomas the twin, and he was known as Thomas the twin because he's apparently supposed to have looked a lot like Jesus, which put him at greater risk because when Jesus was being like hunted and sought after and um, he looked the most like him Mm. and some scholars believe that they used him as like a, it was good to have him around because they could send him off one way and Jesus off another. So he had a nickname. That's quite cool. A little pet name. That's cute. Most disciples did. That's what like in the Bible, a lot of them, they often say in brackets, it's because they have a Hebrew and a Greek name. Ah, there you go. That is a fun fact. Yeah. I wish we had, like, two names. Yeah. You can have one if you want. Why don't you go with your middle name? Could do, yeah. Rachel. I suppose that's true, like, in the Bible they don't really have middle names. Well, we do have two names we have. Imagine if you just call me Rachel the whole time. Be like someone else. Mm. Be weird. I called you Robert. That's what's funny about names. They're so inherent. Yeah, Robert. William. William. Ariane Wynne Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) So at least he's got an English name and a Welsh name. Yeah, yours, yeah. yours is more interesting. But yeah, so I think <laughs> Thomas is saying that because he knew he was at greater risk as well by going himself because mm. he looked like Jesus. If he went, if they go and find Lazarus, then they're all at risk for, of being stoned potentially. Oh, so in a sense, it's quite bold. Thomas is like, we'll die with him. Like, yeah. Mm. Quite, quite a contradiction to when he actually is arrested and they all run away. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a true point. When does that happen? Only like a couple of weeks later. This is oh. one of the last things that Jesus does. Oh, well, well. Did not know that. Mm. Fair play. Yeah, it's quite a yeah, quite a lot to it. I have one other question that, that I've circled in this. In verse 6, sorry, it says, So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days and then said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. Like... You love them very... I mean, I, I'm i kind of being cheeky here because I kind of do know the answer. But, like, I always wondered, like, why stay two days? Like, it's just a, you know... Oh, yeah, my friend's sick and I'm I, I'm the healer. You know, I've performed miracles of healing before, mm. but I'm going to stay two days. He didn't have much time off. He didn't have much holiday left. He can only take a couple of days. <laughs> he had to be back in work by Monday. That's probably why. Yeah. I mean, I do know the actual answer. I'm just kind of being facetious. Why is it then? Well, it's because he needed Lazarus to be dead. What? What? So he could show them? Yeah. Oh, okay, so he was showing up in a way. 
I don't know if we I think it comes up in the next section. Oh, it? Mm. Okay. It's a funny thing to say, though, isn't mm. it? And it says, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. So he's saying that he doesn't think Lazarus will die. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like he's he's already hinting that even if he does die, it's not going to end in death. Isn't it? He's like going, yeah, that's not the end. Yeah, he's yeah. like spoiler alert, like cliffhanger. He's saying it's for God's glory. Yeah. So um, next time you get a paper cut, I'm going to say that the sickness will not end in death. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably punch me in the face. So that next time you say your tummy hurts, then it did hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and did your green tea help? It's in the process of helping. And have, and have you been the asleep? sickness did not end in death? Have you gone to sleep? <laughs> yeah, have you had a sleep yet? <laughs> But we'll go and die with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, do you want to uh, read the next part of the passage for us? Well, I'll definitely do my best for that, sir. Well, you better deliver. <laughs> if it's not in the recording, you know what happened. It's <laughs> just like the whole section has just been deleted. <laughs> okay, so the next bit is Jesus comforts the sisters of Lazarus. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews, who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then, there, it is. there it is. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? I feel like um, something that stood out to me there was just the reference to Jesus as the teacher. Mm. I know it's um, possibly a minor point of the story, but it's just nice to hear that phrase used. And for me, it's kind of a sign of respect and um, humility on the part of those who are using that term. Mm. I thought it was quite nice. Also, that's really significant, I feel, because a woman says that to Jesus because 
in that time the rabbis the religious teachers wouldn't have take wouldn't have given instruction to women and so the fact that Jesus was you know he was considered he wanted to be that for them and he was that for them and he was happy to teach them is a really powerful statement that you know he considered all to be able to be under his instruction um regardless of gender mm. The bit that really stands out to me is Martha, when when Martha says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And that's like, oh, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's a bit. At first you think, where's your trust? Yeah. And I've written, and next, next to that verse, I've done an arrow and I've written, but is this true though? Um, And we obviously know that Lazarus's death was important. Martha is disappointed in Jesus's late arrival And it's possible um, Martha, who believed that he could heal the sick, didn't even consider that um, Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead. Mm. So, you know, in this moment, we know she's like, you know, she says to him, he wouldn't have died because she knows that he has power to heal because she's seen it. But yet, because he's not yet raised from the dead, she doesn't even consider that to be a possibility. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, she's not the only one. No. Both the sisters say that same phrase. Yeah. They both yeah. say, "Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died." So yeah, Mary says it towards the end of that passage, mm. and then the Jews, generic Jews, say, <laughs> um, "Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying?" So again, they're saying like, "Why didn't he stop mm. him dying?" Mm. They're not now thinking, "Oh, maybe there's still something he can do." They like given up already. Yeah. Yeah. It's so natural to me that they have this reaction, though. When I think mm. of um, all the times that I felt angry about things that have happened, not necessarily kind of directing it at God, but just a sense of frustration and anger that things have worked out the way they have. Mm. I think it's just our feeling of just unfairness. Mm. And I think it's a bit of a, st- a stage of grief as well, isn't it? It's denial and anger and frustration and all those things are mixed in there Mm. and I completely understand why they're looking for someone to blame um and it's easy for us all these centuries later to say oh you didn't have enough faith to know that Jesus could reverse that Mm. death or that um to blame him for something that probably would have happened anyway Mm. Mm. um but I just think it's just so normal to feel that way Mm. not just about death but about lots of bad things you think i'm i'm doing my best here but things don't seem to be working out and i completely get that i think it's also like a hindsight thing as well isn't it like we're we're looking at this going oh but they we know what's coming in this story but you know like you said joe you're putting it into like our own journeys of faith and it could be so easy for us when stuff happens to kind of go, well, where were you? Like, I feel lonely. I feel like you're nowhere near Jesus. Where are you? Um, and I, yeah, I, I think that hindsight's just a wonderful thing when it comes to this story, um, because it would be so nice to sort of see, see like a couple of years down the line in your own journey. It's like, well, why has that happened? Like, why have I lost that loved one? Or why, why have I lost my job? you know, right now, like, why why do I don't deserve that? And then having hindsight, like maybe in a couple of years' time, you're in this job that you absolutely love or something, and then you kind of know why. But um, but I just love the humility of, of Jesus in it as well. Like, he felt their emotion, and he it sort of shows the humanness of Jesus because he 
he mm. cries. He he. I think he felt the burden and he felt the almost the same. Like I wish I was still here. Then he probably wouldn't have died because he's he's crying alongside them. And again, even though he knows what's coming, he, you know he knows what what he's about to do. He can. St- he still feels the same emotion that we do. He still he gets upset when. And in this case, someone dies and he, he gets upset that he's been sick and he, he, you know, he's died in that particular way. So mm. I just I think one of my favorite bits in this is um, as well, when Jesus is like, I am the resurrection and the life. Not I was not I will be. I am in this moment. And I think mm. it it's almost a, a, not even a foreshadowing, but it's like. He doesn't need to do it himself to become the resurrection because he already yeah. is that. Mm. And to to know and have Jesus and to believe in him is to have the resurrection and to know the resurrection in your own life. And it's, yeah, I just, it's such a, it's a really like bold and powerful claim. And, you know, like I, when I read it, I, it's funny, I often see things as I would see them like if they're in a movie and I can imagine when Jesus says yeah. that moment, like the music increases and it's like a really, it's a pivotal moment, isn't it? And when he says, I am the, re-, and it's it's probably something that's snipped and taken to the trailer and all of those ones. It's one of those like really powerful statements because she, because Martha has only said before that, oh yeah, um, what did she say? Um, oh, I know who will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But she's believing that to be like the end times, because that's mm. the the Jewish girl in her. That's her faith te- speaking, you know. And obviously, there's not been a resurrection yet. But he's like, no, I'm not talking about the end. I'm talking about now. Like, I, you can come alive again here in this moment. That's really powerful. That she, mm. he's saying to her, no, no, no. I'm not talking about Physical, the second coming. Yeah. I'm talking about. I mean, not that that was because he didn't leave them, but he's talking about the moment in the now. But what do you guys? think of when you think of the line Jesus wept because it's a really powerful verse it's often spoken about quite a bit apart from the fact that it being a trivial fact that it's the shortest verse but for a lot of people it's used in in a lot of contexts for relatability for the humanity of Jesus for lots of things how do you when you hear that verse what does it mean for you guys I must admit that I've not heard it spoken about too much um i know that it is a lot but i've not personally been in many of those kind of talks and reflections but i find it a helpful verse because it reminds me that it is okay to be sad and to be down i think there's a lot of imagery of positivity in christianity and you know that's justified and that's right but there's a lot of talk of kind of the good news and hope and you know things are going to be okay and Jesus is there with you God is with you um, God goes before you and all this kind of Mm -hmm. thing and that can be really reassuring but I think it's also a good reminder sometimes to remember that Jesus had these low moments and he had moments of being sad and upset and in tears literally as this verse says and it's a helpful reminder to me that you can feel um, a kind of long-term joy and hope in God and because of your faith, but still have moments where you feel really low and you feel really sad and you shed tears and 
I think it's it's fine to have those moments. It's healthy to have those moments. It's healthy to just be honest and real and say that you're struggling. Even if you're ultimately able to um, bring things around and be positive again, it's good to recognise that you have the full spectrum of emotion and denying that and bottling it up is not healthy and it's not the example that Jesus set. Mm. Yeah, I think like on a personal point of view, like linking it with that as well, Joe, as, um, as a man... I think it's it's nice to hear of another man, of suddenly, well, someone of Jesus' stature crying, because I think in our society, there's this massive stigma about men don't cry, man up. Actually, it's it's okay to cry, but yeah, it's it, it's 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 so important to read that for me and kind of actually hear of someone like Jesus who actually is God crying. <laughs> like if God cries for what we're going through, we can cry about what we're going through. Like let's not bottle it up. Let's not like fight against these emotions. Even someone like Jesus cries. So on a... yeah, it's very personal, isn't yeah. it? God, it's not God crying for the world or crying at injustice on a big scale. It's just him going, this person that I know has died mm. and it makes me feel sad. It's no more complicated than mm. that. I remember when I first read it, I thought Jesus was crying because people had little faith. Mm. But the more, I th- but then the more I think about it, the more, you know, it could be both. You know, he's crying for yeah. the lack of faith in Mary and Martha and all that. Or he's, you know, he's crying at the loss of a friend. Or is he weeping because he knows he too will go through this? You know, there could be multiple reasons as to why Jesus weeps. But I find it interesting that a couple of verses before, it says that Jesus saw her weeping and then it said Jesus wept. And I see the two mm. very differently. If some, if I, somebody somebody said to me, oh, they're weeping, I imagine that to be like really loud and hysterical. And But whereas if somebody said they wept, I don't know, I feel that sometimes that has more... Not quiet, but it feels a little bit more reserved and less yeah, it's out it's there. Yeah, personal, isn't it? Yeah, but for for Jesus to, you know, that line, for Jesus wept, I see, wept, <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> it's, it's so powerful because it's like Jesus was truly a man. There was no sin in or shame in the tears that Jesus had and mm. there shouldn't be in ours as well. Jesus understood grief and he connects with our grief in that moment. And that, that's an aspect that I love. Um, he was not ashamed to be human and in that process cry. I think, I don't think it's Christians, just Christians. I think human humans in general, we have a really big problem with grief. We really, we try to, I don't feel like we show grief very publicly. It should be something that's done very, you know, in solitude. We shouldn't bring it to other things, but... You know, this verse showed that grief is a part of human nature. Jesus was not immune from grief. He understands our grief. And actually, he will identify with your sorrow. And like him, we we can have that grief. It doesn't mean... Like somebody said once said to me, how can you cry for blank when you're a Christian and you believe they're in heaven? 
And and that always really puzzles me because I'm always like, well, just because I said, well, I am mourning them. I'm lo- I'm mourning the loss of their their physical presence on earth. That I'm no no like their time here, but I know it's not the end. So there is a rejoicing to come from that. But you're always allowed that grief. Like the Bible never says we shouldn't be upset for the loss of life on this earth. It never ever says that. Um, grief is important aspect and part of it's part of human life. Mm. We know that there is more to come, and that is that is what we hold on to. That is how we overcome grief. But Jesus acknowledges it. He he processes it, and it's here in Scripture for us to use as a comfort. Mm. I agree with what you said about grief, but I think it's important to note that that's maybe a more of a Western approach to grief. Yeah, that's true. So in our sort of culture, that's grief is a personal inward thing, but in lots of other cultures, it is more of an outward community, mm. um, like expression. Um, it's not something I know a lot about, but I can picture African communities, you know, with like outward expressions of grief mm. together. Do you see what I yeah. mean? So there's definitely lots of different ways of doing it um but yeah in our way of expressing grief like you said it's very personal and if you were just to break down crying in the middle of the supermarket people wouldn't really know what to do so <laughs> <laughs> like it is it's always an awkward thing mm. isn't it like when you're grieving mm. it's not something I have a lot of experience with for people but when my cat died <laughs> I was so upset and honestly I like I was scared to leave the house because I was like I'm gonna just burst out crying anywhere and it's like awkward isn't it Mm. you're then like this whole this isn't consuming me I can't get on with my life because (laughs) I can't like not think about this horrible thing that's like eating me up inside Mm. so yeah I think it is good to see these to see Jesus's approach to it and that you know that's so normal like that is what it's like. That's what we all feel like. We're all just trying to pretend we don't feel like that. Yeah. But that's what um, interests me so much in this story because it's on one hand saying it's okay to be sad and sadness at what has happened and yet on the other hand this next part that we're going to read um, almost feels at odds with that because it's overturning what's happened. It just feels strange to me that Jesus might cry knowing what is going to happen next. Mm. So I'm going to read the next uh, and final bit, which starts at verse 38, and it's headed, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there will be a bad odour, for he has been in there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When Jesus had said this, he called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I love that bit about the smell. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But Lord, by this time there is a bad odour for his being there four days. All right, I won't bring him back then. (laughs) Oh, we don't want stinky, do we? (laughs) 
Soka, I have links Africa. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah, classic. That's funny, though, that the, the thing we all remembered literally happens in, like, the last two verses. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. There's a whole story, and we just remember the final section of it. It's funny, isn't it? Like, you just completely forget about, like, the meat of it and just remember, like, the... I suppose because this is just so, like, whoa, like, he raised someone from the dead. Like, you just... All the other bits just seem irrelevant. But I guess, actually, the bit before is really important. And it's why I felt like we had to read it all because the fact, you know, his sister's calling out for him, Jesus not coming, the questions that they ask, them weeping, all of that is important. Mm. It's not just about Mm. the end, necessarily Mm. it's like all about that and Lazarus is kind of like he could be anybody I mean the fact that it's Lazarus is not the important bit the story is about Mary and Martha and the reaction and Jesus' reaction Mm. and And the the power of Jesus yeah Lazarus could be Bob like it doesn't matter Mm. who he raised from the dead that's not so much the point is it but it's funny that that's the name we remember and you say Lazarus I think even outside of Christianity, everyone knows... I think even outside of Christianity, everyone knows what Lazarus means, mm. which yeah. is quite funny, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But I'd like... Is it in oh. Doctor Who? There's the yeah. Lazarus experiment where you... Yeah, there's a... It's in all kinds of pop culture. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. Idea. Like, just that one name has, like, shaped a whole... I don't know. Concept, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's like a lot Culture. of the stories we've looked at, because if you think, like, David and Goliath is, again, another thing that a lot of people remember, like, if you come up against anything big, it's, oh, yeah, he's, that's your Goliath. Like, it's, it's always, like, football, they always say, oh, it's the David and Goliath FA Cup final kind of thing, like, because yeah. it's, it's just how it kind of works out. Um, but that's the kind of Sunday school effect, isn't yeah. it, that we've been talking about, all these stories, the Noah, the Jonah, the Daniel in the lion's den, everybody knows these for the basic stories that they are, mm. but how much do we actually know them, and what's the relevance of them and their context in the Bible. And there's so much more to it than just our very basic, sunshiny um, memory of, oh, he raised his Lazarus from the dead. Like, there's so much more to it. And that's, I think it's, well, that's obviously why we've done this series. And I really hope that people have gained something from that and, you know, gone deeper into these stories that Mm. we Mm. take for granted. I think a lot of the time we just, you know, oh, I know that story. I've heard of it loads of times. One thing I just want to, which I've never noticed before, is how similar it is to the resurrection of Jesus. Um, how it's like yeah. he rolls the stone away. It's a stone tomb. I know in, you know, if you go back to that context, all the tombs were stone tombs like that, weren't they? But like, you know, Jesus is almost foreshowing what he is about to go through himself. Like, yeah, in, but in a different way. Like the angel was the one who was in the tomb with him at the time and stuff and like the different but I just thought that yeah. I'd never noticed that before like that whole you know rolling the stone away and kind of going in and stuff mm. and he he wasn't obviously Jesus wasn't stinky because it was three days not four days mm-hmm. so that's probably the difference he was alright he was alright he was just just in date I always find it really funny though so Jesus talks about he wants um Lazarus to be dead so he waits two days he wants Lazarus to be dead because he obviously wants to show them that reveal he wants to reveal his glory he says to Martha um about revealing his glory doesn't he he says that um whoever believes in me will not die etc and the resurrection and the life so he says these things because all of that because he wants them to be able to believe and see that somebody can die 
and through the glory and the power of God and Jesus, he can resurrect. Yet, when it comes to Jesus' death, they seem to have forgotten this because they all hide away in a little upper room, you know, fearful of their lives. None of them, and they all, and when Martha comes and tells them Jesus is alive, they're all like, no, what, like, and it's like, you saw them, What you saw yeah. what he did to, to Lazarus, like, even seeing, they still had trouble later on believing. And mm. to me, I'm like, you know, I wonder, would I, I always wonder if I would have been the same, like, what, because it's not that big of a gap of time. It's not like this was in the first year of his ministry and then Jesus dies, you know, three or three years later. This is a really short space of time and yet they seem to have forgotten all of that. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the the thing that always sticks out to me with a lot of the Jesus stories is how human the disciples and other people that journey are when it comes to these things. And I always try to put myself in the same shoes. So, like, what would I have thought if this guy brought someone back to life? Would I have gone, yes, he is the Messiah? Or would I have gone, it's some sort of magic, it's sorcery? Yeah. Like, and I, think, I think that's what I would have done. Yeah, it's interesting. You see, these, um, you see these things on social media, like like people being risen from the dead and I think they're kind of videos I mean they're very often clearly fake so there's no need to even um, speculate about whether that might be possible but I think it's interesting how your mind immediately goes well that's nonsense Mm. before you've even questioned it and I think it's a good point John I think if we'd been around then there's a good chance we'd have been asking those same Mm. questions I just think if you look at a lot of the stories that we've you know, we've certainly looked at the New Testament stuff and, you know, even if you look at the some of the ones we haven't. Yeah, so the story after the feeding of the 5,000, you know, they're like, oh, surely it isn't Jesus on the water. Like, he's just performed a miracle of, like, splitting all these loaves and fishes. Then, because, and like, like with this, like, he's brought someone back to life and they're still going, meh. <laughs> <laughs> do some more like Elbert isn't it yeah. it's strange yeah something I've just noticed that I've never noticed before is what Jesus says to him so when Jesus looks up he says um, Lazarus come out and other translations say Lazarus come forth he doesn't say arise from the dead he doesn't say wake up he doesn't say you will be you are alive he says Lazarus come out and that's just mm. such a, mm. like, like come to me. Like, it's not about the tool. It's about just come to me. It's like, Lazarus, come out. You know, it's just so simple. I think, you know, if you were the other people around there, you'd be like, You'd expect some right? kind of big grand kind of like, Lazarus, come forth, arise from, wouldn't you? But it's obviously just like a... Yeah, like a drum roll. Yeah. Fireworks. But it's like you can take it for granted that Jesus is... Um, brought him back to life it's almost like yeah take that as read mm. the important bit is what happens next yeah. and it's like jesus is almost saying i know he's alive now um come out yeah that's the next bit that's the next chapter guess- doesn't he say similar in other places like when he mm. makes the lame like, person walk yeah. he just says stand up yeah yeah take your mat it's not <laughs> about the healing it's about what you do with that mm. yeah yeah which it's interesting to me because so often we focus on our problems and 
we try and find solutions like if you think for example financially you're like oh if only I had like an extra 100 pounds mm. for whatever it is it would just make life so much easier but it's not about that it's not about the issue and finding a fix is it mm. it's about what we do with that once the problem's sorted mm. and how 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 do we actually use that hundred pound for example how do we maybe approach life the next day once mm. that problem's sorted joe that perfectly links with a quote that i have next to this verse Ooh. and it says this and it's a guy called morgan i don't know why i didn't write down their first name but i've just written morgan freeman <laughs> morgan's their surname <laughs> i know that morgan freeman yeah, maybe oh, not <laughs> but it says this so it's the context is it's about why why did Jesus cause Lazarus to die for him to be risen again? Mm. So why did he cause pain for there to be life? And Morgan writes, So we may learn that he often permits us to pass through profound darkness and deeper mysteries of pain in order that we may prove more perfectly in his complete power. Mm. And I think that speaks like massively of mm. what you just said about how it's not about the healing, the death, the pain. It's about what we do with it after. It's about the power afterwards. It's mm-hmm. about the, you know, it's about Martha's trust. That's what it's about. It's about, you know, using that life again and using, you know, that situation, using your body yeah. after you've been healed from paralysis, using that body for God's glory and that power. Mm. Yeah. Well, Beth, I think that might be a nice place to finish, actually. Bit sad though. Yeah. We're wrapping up on the last episode mm. of this these. season. Yeah. Um. What stories have stood out for you all? Do you have a new favourite? Do you look upon one of them that we've done in a completely new way? Joan is still going to be my favourite, I think, just because. I yeah, it means a lot to me that it's only the second chapter of yeah. Jonah. But I think the story of Joseph was quite an interesting one for me, just because it was something I'd never really delved into didn't really ever really look at it at Sunday school that I remember um yeah and like the whole story of the trust and then like the whole broad thing with Joseph from going from one extreme to then forgiving his brothers and stuff I thought was yeah it's just quite a powerful and special story to read um certainly in our day and age I think it was quite a yeah quite a good one to look at I think I have a newfound appreciation for David and Goliath. Um, And I think it's just from reading it as an adult, I think that's all it was. Because, well, like we've been saying all along, the Sunday school version was massively pared down Mm. and, like, put to us in Technicolor. You know, there's this battle with a giant and all this, like, great heroic stuff. But actually rereading it is so much more than that. And I feel like there's a lot in it to get from it apart from just you know he killed a tall man Mm. (laughs) so i think i really enjoyed that episode and just discussing that story again so Mm. yeah thanks for that guys yeah i think there's something that um a lesson that i'll take from this is that kind of broader one that it's really worth reading these stories in the bible for yourself Mm. um and not just the kind of stories but all all the passages don't just rely on your knowledge of it from other sources actually open the bible and read it yourself because mm-hmm. even if um even if you don't necessarily discover anything new you might get a new perspective on it something might stand out for you um a particular phrase or a sentence and bring you some 
meaning or understanding in that way as well. Yeah. I really enjoyed Noah. I really enjoyed that episode. Um, yeah. And I really liked today's episode as well. I really liked thinking about I think that those two particularly stand out to me because, I mean, with Noah, I feel like I've read that so many times. And yet... Mm something always is revealed to me and Hmm. while I feel like I don't remember that from Sunday school I've read this parts of this passage quite a few times I mean it was already quite a few notes scribbled on it um and I just feel like there's always God always reveals something to you every time and that's really beautiful but also just not 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 like a telling off or whatever but I feel like I just want to encourage people that you may think you know these stories and actually, like you said, Joe, take time to read them because you may not actually know them. You may say you like this part of the story. And I remember once I had a conversation with somebody and I said, like, I like this. And they were like, do you actually know this story properly? Because it's pretty brutal or blah, blah, blah. And it was like, oh, maybe I just have a recollection of it in Sunday school. And just because you were told it then... Mm doesn't mean you know what's actually written in scripture because you could have been told a very watered down a very chopped up part that was a little bit different and I think in parts we found that haven't we through this Mm. series that it was you know there are things that we didn't that were omitted or perhaps different to how we remember so you know if you do remember these as kids and you think oh yeah take the time read them through scripture you know they're there they're easy to google just take the time, read them for yourselves and discover what God's saying to you. Mm. I think it is a bit daunting to open the Bible sometimes. Mm. I think um, it can be, in places it can be a bit dry or a bit confusing, um, a bit serious. Mm. Um, For me, I often think, oh, I want to spend time on this properly. I want to read the Bible properly. Like, you know, I want to be in the right frame of mind or have the right time. And that's a reason for me to put it off. Mm. But I think that's just a form of procrastination, to be honest. Mm. But I think kind of doing this particular podcast series has shown that there's a lot of colour and light and shade in all of the stories. Mm. And um, while we're not reading reading the original text, it's really interesting to just see what phrases and words jump out at you or um, particular feelings you get. Mm. I think it can also be daunting just because of the size of it. Yeah. It's yeah. a massive book. There's so much in it. Yeah, where do you start? Yeah, exactly. And you might think, oh, I don't know where to start, or I just don't, won't do it, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really off-putting. But maybe if there's been an episode of the series that you've enjoyed or something that caught your interest, maybe just head back to the passage that we read from. You can even, you know, just Google it. If there's a... Um, a story you want to know more about just google where you'll find it and Mm. start from there because if you just open it up it's yeah i think that's going to be quite off-putting if you're not used to it yeah there's a lot in there and the fact that some stories come up more than once like we've said a lot of the stories that we've looked at have been in all four gospels and i think that can be quite confusing if you're not used to that so Mm. yeah just have a little look at no just have a little Google, see if there's any stories you want to know more about or, yeah, head back to the passages that we've read and just, you know, start from there. It's only a starting point, mm. but you never know where mm. it will take you. Yeah. I think uh, we've said it before. If um, there's any of you listening that, you know, maybe you're new to the Bible or maybe you once read the Bible and you don't anymore um, or maybe you haven't got a physical Bible, get in touch. You know, we're we're happy to to buy you a Bible. We'd... we'd 
really see the value of having a physical Bible. So if yeah, if you if you need a Bible, please get in touch and we'll definitely do that. Or if there's there's a lot of yeah, like Lucy says, go to Google, there's loads of things on there. So if you have a smartphone, the Bibles are free. So Yeah, there's lots of apps, aren't yeah, there? You- there's also um you can get it you can get different versions of it in podcast form, mm-hmm. um audiobook, there's all kinds of formats. Kindle. And um yeah, don't be don't be afraid to look into it because there's so much out there. Yeah, this has been a great series. Yeah. Sunday class Sunday school classics. Ooh. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, so, guys? Uh, yeah, next. As in next week. <laughs> it's Easter. Christmas. Christmas. Oh. We're actually gonna be starting series three immediately. Because we're going to be looking at Christmas. We're going to have a mini-series of just a few episodes, but we're going to be thinking about Christmas. Last year, although we didn't record it, um, as a team we had a little Bible study going and we looked at the Christmas story. And Similar to how we've been saying today, it's amazing what you learn just from going back to these familiar words and passages and stories. Um, And we'd like to do a little bit of that with you for the podcast. Mm. So join us. You know where to find us by now. You're listening to us now. You can find us on our website and Spotify and Podbean and Apple Podcasts. And make sure you check us out on our socials. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. We'd love you to join us there. Hopefully we'll be posting some bits on there in the next few weeks as well so we can stay connected that way. Um, And if you've enjoyed listening to us, leave us a review. Tell a friend. (laughs) If you have not enjoyed listening to us, Please put your thoughts down in writing on a piece of paper and send them to us. Send it to HQ. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We would, actually, we would love to have your feedback if you hate it. It would be quite interesting. It would be be really interesting. I'd probably cry. John wept. You think you would actually cry? Do you think you would shed a tear? No, I I, I probably would if it was really mean. Like, the other three are great. John is, (laughs) then I'd probably cry. Oh, that's made me cry. Oh, no. It's like an onion being cut. Uh, uh. <laughs> onion being cut. Okay. So, uh, join us next week. And goodbye from me. Goodbye from Lucy. Bye. Goodbye from John. Bye, yeah. And goodbye from Beth. Bye. Toodaloo.